This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host... Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And joining us this morning, uh, former, what are you, a former? Former Leaf, former Sabre, former Washington Capitol. Former bum? No, I wouldn't say <laughs> that. Former Yankee <laughs> fan. Former Yankee <laughs> fan. Oh, far from it. <laughs> uh, Lou, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. Morning, Wally and Naz. Good morning. Great, great to have you. Naz, uh, just want to let our listeners know, uh, got uh, two uh, two big guests this morning. We're going to talk about... The NHL and its decision seems to be a final decision uh, to not allow its players to play in the Winter Olympics. And talking about that topic, what provoked that topic is, of course, Richard Pound, who's a member of uh, Canada's Olympic Committee and uh, uh, involved in negotiating broadcast rights for the Olympics, uh, wrote a uh, pretty uh, scathing article about the NHL, uh, scathing in, 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 in the way that Dick Pound can write scathing, scathing articles, pretty eloquent guy, so chooses his words carefully, but uh, uh, basically pinning the blame on the NHL uh, for not allowing its players to go to the Winter Olympics, and we're pleased to uh, say that we'll have, um, we'll have Dick Pound on the show uh, later on, about 9.40. And I uh, wanted to get a different perspective, uh, so we contacted Eugene Melnick, the owner of the Ottawa Senators, and uh, he's uh, graciously agreed to come on the show at about 9.15, so we'll get both perspectives. Um, certainly we want to have a discussion between ourselves, but Naz, uh, um, just based on your sartorial uh, decision this morning uh, to wear your Blue Jays cap, my guess is uh, you, ha- you haven't... You haven't given up hope. We're not going to talk about your uh, Alabama. We'll leave that one alone. I don't want to get into that this morning. But uh, and I have the leaf undershirt. Leaf so undershirt. I, but so the, the, your most all I'm missing is the Bills. Yeah, yeah the, your most prominent sartorial selection this morning is your Blue Jays cap. Is that? Uh, are you sending a message out this morning, Naz? Are we? Are we not giving up I've hope? Come, I thought I've we... come to the conclusion that 84 wins is going to be in the wild card, and uh, nobody wants that second wild card. I think the Yankees are set in that first spot, but nobody wants the second spot, and it's crazy. It's really crazy. Kansas City's 56 and 52, five ahead of the Jays. So I, I went away for a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks back, and when I got back, I thought we had, uh, I thought we had both agreed that the Jays were, were, were dead. Uh, uh, but you're suggesting otherwise? Well, I'm saying they're not dead. I don't think they'll still win the wild card, but they're not dead. Meaningful games in September looks like it's going to happen. Mr. Franceschetti, uh, you you uh, you of course have got some skin in the game with the with the New York Yankees being a uh, 
a fan of the pinstriped guys. Uh, Yankees haven't been, uh, you know, beating them up lately, but uh, I want you to respond to the uh, whether the Jays uh, somehow, uh, there, if there is a path to the playoffs, to the wild card, I've got to assume that there's the uh, catch in the first place team is prob- probably out of the question. Is there a path for the Blue Jays to the playoffs? And uh, give us a little bit of a recap what's going on in Yankee land. They were done about a month and a half ago, the Jays were. And only because they're, they're, they're so erratic. They're, they're not very consistent right now. And the position that they're in right now is also they've got to, uh, they've got to leapfrog about five or six teams. So I, I thought they were long done. Uh, I'm surprised and shocked that they didn't make the deals that, uh, that they thought they were talking about uh, to uh, to bolster their um, their their farm system. The Yankees. I was in New York last weekend, and the Sonny Gray uh, deal was, was a great deal on on our behalf. We d- we did give away three top prospects. Uh, Jorge Mateo was probably one of the top prospects in all of baseball three few, uh, three four years ago. His attitude got to him. He slipped a little bit. It seems like right now he's uh, he's come back to to where he was. Um, Kaplan, the the the, uh, the pitcher from UCLA, was a first round pick. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. Uh, again, uh, he was a he was supposed to be ready to play with the Yankees probably in 2018, uh, early 2019. And Fowler broke a patella in his kneecap running into the right field fence. So he was another prospect uh, with great speed. Uh, but they got a pitcher with two years under control in Sonny Gray. I would th- I would put him in the top twenty pitchers in all of baseball right now. A uh, great competitor, and now they've got a pretty good uh, stable of uh, starting pitchers, at least the top three, uh, to get them over the hoop. But unfortunately, you just can't win with pitching. They haven't gotten any hit in the last probably ten days, and uh, Judge has gone downhill. Uh, the only reason uh, they are where they are right now is probably because uh, Brent Gartner's uh, walk off hits in the last uh, four or five games. Have kept him there. Tanaka's come back though, big time. Yes, he has, and, and Severino's uh, is pitching to his billing. Uh, Jose Bautista was put on waivers. Uh, Naz, uh, is he going anywhere? I don't think so. I don't think anybody wants him really. What's the what's the what's the game there? Why why is why is Jose they, they, why is they, they Jose Bautista the, they do on that waivers? With all the players at this time of year, Wally. And what are they, they can, hoping? They what are they hoping to accomplish? See if anybody's interested in them, then they take them back. There's a lot of guys that go on waivers. Yeah, they they probably put about sixty to seventy percent of the players uh, on waivers to see if they get a nibble, and then I guess with Jose's case, he can uh, waive any deal because he's a ten and five player, uh, so he's going to pick and choose his spot that he wants to go to. Uh, if I'm the Jays and he wants to do that. Really, if you want to force him to, to waive that, is I would set him on the bench, bring bring up a kid like Pompey or uh, Alford, and, and give him a shot for next year. It'd be a great great opportunity for two year two months down uh, till the end of the season. Uh, I don't think they're going anywhere. Let's see what they can do in the two months, um, and then you can establish on where Batista stands, and maybe you can force him to to waive that five and ten to any team. If there is a path to the playoffs, Naz, what is it? Pitching. There, uh, Stratus come back. Last two starts, he's been pretty good, and Hap had a great start last time. They have to get their starting pitching in, in motion, and they need Sanchez back somehow. What's the status of Sanchez? Still haven't heard. He's been uh, he's been off for like twenty five days, so it must be pretty serious. We're talking about this uh, this blister, blister problem. Stuff, yeah. 
What's the whole story with this blister, uh, friend, uh, Lou? I mean... Uh, Soft skin. Well, I mean, I, I, what, what I, I, happened? It, it, I mean, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, you know, you'd never... You see a pitcher lose a season over a blister? What's going Al on? Eider, Al, Al Eider did. Back did, did one year? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know the the exact terms to it. I, I guess uh, what happens is you, you get a callus and then it starts breaking. And if you don't get a, I'm sorry, if you don't get a callus, that means the, thick, the skin doesn't thicken up like you do when, when you work construction. Um, and maybe he's just... <laughs> Got his hands in a lot of uh, lotion, which yeah. keeps his fingers nice I and thin. And, and it's it could be the be seams. Frustrating. You know what? It could be the seams on the baseball. Who knows? Because we're not experts at that. They're the only ones that really know. And, and Strowman made it quite clear that he thinks the seams are different. Uh, uh, and getting back to the Jays, you know what scares me about that is if the Jays do get in, they can wreck some havoc. Because Mark and Strowman right now, uh, as much as I despise them, uh, not him, but them, uh, he could he could win a one game playoff, you know, and and, and with him and AJ Happ uh, and Estrada pitching as well as he does, and maybe if Sanchez comes back, guys, they I, have a chance to. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to wrap up this part of the conversation. Then we got to go to break because uh, we've got to get to Eugene Miller. They, they have a chance uh, with their lineup, uh, obviously on all cylinders, to, to wreak some havoc in the playoffs. Just one thing, I, I, I took a look at back in when the second wildcard came in. I took back 20 years after the Jays won the World Series. It was only one year that they would have made the playoffs. It was 1998. The Yankees were 114. They had won 114 games. But it's the same situation we're talking about. Roger Clements was the pitcher back then. Could you imagine him going in a, a one-game situation? They could wreck havoc, and this team could too. Anyways, we've got, you know what, we've got Eugene Melnick on the line. We'd normally go to break right now, but uh, out of respect for his time, we'll, uh, we'll put off our break for uh, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, of course, uh, Eugene Melnick's the governor of the Ottawa Senators and the owner of the Ottawa Senators. And uh, Eugene, are you with us? Hi, good morning. Good morning, Eugene. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. And uh, first of all, congratulations. Uh, we haven't had a chance to chat in a while. And uh, uh, in, for, certainly from Toronto, uh, we thought the Ottawa Senators uh, really put up, uh, uh, I wouldn't even call it a great fight. They came within uh, within a bounce of going to the Stanley Cup Finals. And certainly compliments are in order. Uh, Toronto fans don't usually like to compliment uh, Ottawa. We have that rivalry, but... Uh, uh, you should be proud of the achievements of the Ottawa Senators this year, and uh, my guess is you're you're looking forward to uh, to next year. So certainly, congratulations on a fantastic season for the Ottawa Senators. Well, thank you very much. It was a, a great run, and uh, everybody put in 150 percent. And uh, yeah, we were down to double overtime, seventh game, and uh, lost by a deflection off our own players. So it's like. It was kind of it was tough to take, but uh, look, we did uh, the best we can, and I think uh, we can even do better in the coming in the coming year. We're hoping to anyway. Uh, Eugene, just so that you're aware, it's, it's obviously Naz and I in studio. We also have Lou Franceschetti in studio with us this morning, and there's a topic that came up the other day that um, it's not going to go away, although a lot of people would like to see it go away. And, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but Richard Pound, a uh, member of the Canadian Olympic Committee. Uh, wrote a not-too-complimentary article about uh, the NHL in, in the Montreal Gazette uh, the other day. And it's, of course, the issue of whether the NHL uh, is going to the Winter Olympics. Is it a settled issue, Eugene? Is there any scenario whatsoever that this could change and that we could see NHL players in the Winter Olympics in Korea this year? 
First, uh, you know, to comment on uh, the article, I did read it uh, in the Gazette, and um, you know, I'll talk about that in a moment. But it's um, uh, as far as any chance of anything. I think no, I do know it's a done deal. We're finished. It's uh, it's beyond the point of uh, return because we've had, we had to schedule our schedule, and now everybody's been working very hard for the last month. To you know, actually put in date. We, the, the schedule is set. The dates are set. All of our fan appreciation days are set. Uh, for us, especially, we're going to Sweden. That's set. Uh, we're going to have an outdoor game. You know, none of the, you, you can't move that schedule anymore. There's uh, 31 teams that are planning things and have planned things, and uh, we're way, way, way beyond uh, anything to do with 2018. That's just not going to happen. Then Eugene, and, uh, sorry, go ahead. I apologize. No, 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 no. Uh, I just uh, I wanted to say you asked yeah. me a question of whether we uh, there's any way of uh, fixing or doing something with this, and uh, you can't for the, you can't for this coming season. It's definitely not. It's August. We start uh, training camp in a month. Um, you know, our people start coming in, and then uh, we start full play in early October. So we're, it's actually uh, technically impossible to do. And let's think of the television. That's all set. Uh, There's a lot of things that can't uh, get set in motion that are, you know, pretty much irreversible. What prompted um, us to get interested in this topic today more so than any other day, of course, was, was Richard Pound's article uh, from the other day in the Montreal Gazette. And it was uh, Richard Pound's a pretty eloquent guy, so uh, he, he's uh, in an eloquent way. He was he was extremely critical of the NHL. And just so that you're aware, uh, we're we're scheduled to talk to Richard Pound in, uh, shortly after our interview with you. Um, okay. Um, you're and you just commented that you have read the article. Your your reaction to it? Well. I thought uh, there's a very angry reaction to it, and then there's a more uh, practical reaction. Um, yes, Richard Pound is a respected person in his community, um, and that community is the Olympic Committee, and he works for them. He gets paid by them, and um, you know it's his job to try to promote the fact that uh, people should participate in the Olympics. Let me add to what his job title should also include. And that is, don't just look at the NHL, please. And I'll give you a great, great, great um, comparison to another sport. But right now, Canada has for the last 20 years, plus, 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 uh, and, other, and other nations around the world, many of them. Do you, you know that those athletes don't get paid or get any money to... To, and I'm not talking NHL, I'm talking the athletic, everybody else, archers and the badminton players. They have to pay for all of their own training. They have to pay for all of their own um, uh, coaching, nutrition. You name everything that a professional sports or a college person in the U.S. gets, Canadians don't. They don't. There's a fund that this uh, lady, she's a, absolutely, you may have heard of Jane Roos. R-O-O-S? Yes. She started up something called the Can Fund. The Can Fund raises money, and I know because I've contributed as much as I can to, to them to try to promote these Canadian athletes. And um, they get nothing. They can't afford. They, their family mortgages their houses so that the uh, individual athlete can afford to go and compete. All those competitions around the world that you hear about them going, they pay themselves. 
they pay them like most of it themselves. Like the top two guys, let's say in in uh, skiing. Okay, they may get some money to get over there, and they may get. But you're talking peanuts compared to what athletes, for example, in the U.S. would get. So I suggest that one of the things he focuses on is not the NHL, and I'll explain why. But is to focus on how do you fund these poor amateur athletes that are not rich kids. This is middle class. This is blue collar. This is people that are on welfare, frankly, trying to make it. They can't. The team. They charge these players. They charge them a team fee. Can you imagine for the privilege of representing your country? We've got athletes. Every athlete has to pay a team fee ranging, listen to this, Walter, 1000 as a minimum, up to $27,000 just to be on a team. I don't know which one is the twenty-seven grand, but that's where they should focus. Eugene, um, um, it was said that uh, you were quoted on uh, an interview earlier on about how it affected you, uh, your team, when uh, you went to the Olympics and had injuries. And yes. you missed the Stanley Cup final. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. And I was there. It was uh, 2006 uh, in Torino, Italy. And um, we sent over a contingent of players, including Dominic Hasek. Now, in that year, that was our year to win a Stanley Cup. We were on a tear. We were had all the momentum to win a Stanley Cup, or at very least you know, get into the Stanley Cup Finals. We were there. And uh, Hasek was by far one of our star players. He um, was a great, great goaltender, flopping all over the place. And we sent him to, um, he wants to go play for the Czech Republic. So we got, let him go. And in one of the first or second games, I bought all the tickets for the Canadian games, and I bought the tickets for the Czech Republic, where I pretty much knew he was going to play every game. And um, he gets hit, hit in the first, he, he does a split in the first game, first 10 minutes of the game, and they pull him out. They just, uh, I think it was like under 10 minutes, they pull him out of the game. The guy doesn't play another game for us. Doesn't play another game. We begged him to. Alfredson and I begged him to. The coaches begged him to. And he just uh, said he wouldn't do it, couldn't do it. He had a groin injury, and that was the, the end of uh, Dominic Hasek. And it was the end. <laughs> Um, of our, uh, you know, chance to get a Stanley Cup. Eugene, it's no insurance, no nothing. You know, go e ahead, sorry, Walter. Eugene, it's Lou Franceschetti. Uh, first and foremost, I want to know uh, how Brian Murray's doing. He's uh, my first coach in the National Hockey League with with the Hershey Bears, and brought me along with the Washington Capitals. And uh, I'm really wondering on how he's doing and his health. Uh, and and two. Um, Obviously, with this situation with the uh, National Hockey League and the Players Association, uh, and Ovechkin has made it made it loudly clear that he's going to go at all cost. Uh, and I hope he does. Sorry. I hope he does. I hope he does. He's a competitor. <laughs> um, you go with him early, even earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, with this situation, with where his relationship with with Ted Leonis, uh, and he's going to let him go. What's going to happen if? Uh, if Carlson comes up to you and says, Mr. Melnick, uh, I want to go at all costs, uh, who picks up the insurance? Uh, does he get insured from the National Hockey League or the Ottawa Centers, or does he have to go out and get his own insurance? And if he's injured for a, a long period of time or even a short period of time, who covers that, uh, that portion of his salary 
uh, and the insurance? Well, you know what? Those were the exact questions. Uh, they're very, very good questions. That's exactly what we asked, uh, all the owners asked, at the, um, uh, at the governor's meetings. And um, those are questions that I don't know how far they got into negotiations. But if he came, if, uh, he came to me, it would be simply a referral to the NHL offices. They now, they took over. I don't have to make a decision. The decision was made by them. And, you know, you, he has to deal with um, whatever comes out of uh, those, those meetings if they occur. But uh, even if I said yes. Now, Washington is different. Russia is different. Okay? Be very careful about that. The Russians can do, and they always have, as you know, done whatever they want when it comes. They, 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 they ask Mr. Pound how Russia gets away with this. Go back 50 years. They were sending all their army people in, into play, professionals, paid professionals. It was, then we, like idiots, follow them and say, yeah, let's put our professionals in. No, this should be an amateur as it was always intended since the beginning of time, it's an amateur competition. Keep it that way. You get professionals in there. Now you've got boxing matches. You know, all, you've got hockey players that you want to bring multi-million dollars. And, Walter, if I could just give you one example, which will make sense to anybody that's in the, even close to the horse business, Please. which I am. Yes. You take, I have, let's say, 50 horses or 100 horses, whatever it is. But I have two or three that are my champion, champion, champion. And you know the other 97 are dogs. They're, they're going to run in cheap claimers somewhere. God bless them all. And I but, bet them, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah, bet, yeah. bet, we bet a few over the years, Eugene. <laughs> okay, so let's say I've got a Queen's Plate winner that's going into the U.S. Triple Crown or the Breeders' Cup. But some guy comes up to me, one of your friends, and says, uh, Eugene, listen, I'm a friend of Walter's. I need, I, I, you know, I race in Japan. I need to borrow your number one horse eh, for three weeks. I've got three races in Japan, including the Japan Cup. It's a million and a half pot. And can I borrow your horse? Free. <laughs> you know, I know what the answer would be. You throw at the office. I know what the answer would be. Eugenio, I just, um, I mean, obviously the media um, has its own take on this, and generally the media tends to be against the NHL owners because they're the big guys with all the money. Um, the fans the fans really don't care one way or the other. They, you know, they'd love to see great hockey at the highest level. But at the end of the day, this was a negotiation. It was a business negotiation. And I don't, you know, I know, and then Gary Bettman does a great job of representing you as the owners and, you know, I don't know to what level of detail that you, you, Bettman likes his owners to get into in terms of the negotiation. But there's one interesting part of this negotiation that I find striking that, and, 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 and they don't focus on it, is that the, that the IOC in previous Olympics always paid for the NHL's insurance, travel costs, and accommodations, about $20 million US or whatever it is, and this time they pulled it off the table. Uh, and they didn't give you anything in return. In terms, I, I have to assume that if the negotiation had have, had have been a real three-party negotiation between the IOC, the NHL, and the Players Association, that this deal would have gotten done. Is it your reaction to this that you were, no, but the other two parties to this negotiation really weren't negotiating, and they expected the owners to take the entire hit for this? 
I think the best person, I, I'm sorry, I, I, Walter, I'd love to answer that, but I wouldn't give you the truth because I don't know. I think that's a negotiation that was behind closed doors. Gary Bettman would probably not answer the question either. But uh, if you can get somebody to talk that was inside there, you know, you you get a big prize. But I just think the whole thing comes in with a, with an attitude of entitlement. And when it comes to how much is on – just pick any player and what their value is. They're not after any hockey player. Okay? They want us to take the – franchise players, the number one center, number one defenseman, number one left winger, number one goalie. Imagine if you pull that, oh, why don't you give him Carey Price too while you're at it and blow that franchise's chances. You know what I'm saying? If they get hurt, it's over. There's no money that can replace them. I can't go out into a supermarket and buy a player. It doesn't exist. It takes a decade to develop these kind of players. I think, I think they can... it, Sorry. I think the consensus. We understand it. We understand it in the NHL. That's part of our game. And if our guys get hurt, they play under our rules, under our referees, and we've gotten used to the fact that hey, we will have a two or three injuries per year, and we will do whatever it takes with our own medical teams to make sure that this person plays uh, competitively in the future. There, you have no control over your players. Damn it, they're playing for another team. Eugene, you know, Eugene, uh, there is. <laughs> yeah, the, the cons- we, we appreciate your passion, Eugene. Yeah. The consensus uh, with fans is, is supporting you guys. Believe it or not, the owners have more support than you think. Um, look back, John Tavares got hurt when he was with the Islanders That's and the ruined one. and ruined their their playoff hopes. So you're right about the injuries. The other the other thing is on a on a on another note, um, Nashville's captain Mike Fisher retired on uh, this week. And he had a big effect in Ottawa. What was your relationship with Mike, and what did you think of him as a player? Oh, man, this is a guy that you hope your daughter would marry, <laughs> you know. Um, it's, uh, he's a great, great guy as a guy. Um, he was a you know, tough, very, very good player, um, not only uh, on the ice but also in the dressing room. And, um, you know, I only have the highest regards for, for him and for his wife, who helped me with a charity uh, charity concert. And, uh, you know, it's too bad that uh, these, these great guys age and they finally retire. But uh, Mike goes out with his head high. He got to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, and uh, he leaves a great, great uh, legacy behind. And uh, as an Ottawa boy, he'll be coming back. He's actually uh, up in the Peterborough area. He fishes up there. And... Um, you know, I look forward to seeing him again uh, at a rink uh, somewhere, and um, I can't say enough good things about him, Walter. Well, Eugene, we've been uh, we're talking to Eugene Melnick. Uh, um, uh, Eugene, unfortunately, we've got to go, and I just I do want to go back to right. <laughs> yeah, I know, and we're going to let you go. Uh, uh, but we do. Uh, um, Lou had asked about uh, how Brian Murray was doing because you know Lou's a he. I saw him last at the awards. Was it the awards or was it the draft? I'm not, I, saw, I just saw him at the end of June, and he looked fine. He like not fine, fine, but um, you know he's hanging in. He's a tough fighter, and um, you know you can only commend him for sticking to the plan of uh, medical care and doing what he needs to do. But um, he, you know, he's fighting and he seems to be doing okay. When I ask him, he says I'm doing okay. So. Um, I just wish him all the best, and um, 
you know, and he's doing a lot of great things, by the way, in the community with um, cancer and cancer research, and he talks to groups. So, look, uh, his spirit is 150%, and uh, his body, he's uh, fighting to keep it going. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about yourself. I'm 150 thousand percent good that's fantastic listen eugene yeah, you know you, you know you know how much we appreciate you joining us and you know how much we appreciate your passion uh, so thanks so much for um being uh, blunt with us and telling us uh, how uh, your your perspective on on this issue which uh, somehow i got a feeling it's not going to go away i, I agree the nhl is <laughs> not <laughs> the nhl is not going to Pyeongchang or uh, it's not going to korea but the issue is not going away eugene thanks so much Okay, thank you, Walter. It's always a pleasure, uh, Eugene Melnick. Anyways, uh, uh, we've run a little bit of overtime, so we'll uh, we'll have to get right to the break, and then uh, after the break, uh, shortly after the break, we'll we'll get the different perspective from uh, Dick Pound and uh, the boys in studio. will chat about this a little bit as well. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just thirteen ninety-nine for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying... Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 and also simulcasting in downtown Toronto on 96.7 FM. Live streaming at www.zoomerradio.ca. We have to apologize. We were hoping to have on Richard Pound. Uh, unfortunately, he's not available uh, this morning for us. Uh, we'll try and uh, get him on in future weeks, and uh, we apologize for that. Uh, but uh, going back to Eugene Melnick's conversation, the um, 
the uh, NHL not going to the Olympics. What, uh, Lou, we had a brief chat about that earlier this morning on your way in. Uh, at first, your, uh, your reaction was, um, correct me if I'm choosing the wrong words, but uh, you're not really overly, doesn't, it's not one of your over-burning issues. You're not overly concerned about it. You don't really quote, care um, all that much about it. Quote, unquote, I don't care. Exactly what okay. I said. It's, I'm going to have to interrupt you because we've just heard that we do have Richard Pound on, on the show. And, of course, uh, we're thrilled about that. And uh, Richard Pound is, of course, a senior active member of the International Olympic Committee, the former president of the Canadian Olympic Committee, the first president of the World Anti-Doping Agency, and wrote a, um, an eloquent uh, article in the Montreal Gazette this week about the NHL participation in the Olympics. Mr. Pound, good morning. How are you, sir? Well, indeed. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Just so you're aware, uh, we just finished a 15-minute conversation with Eugene Melnick, the owner of the Ottawa Senators, and I, my guess is he's got a seriously different point of view than you do. But let's start about your point of view, which is what we're interested in right now. Um, article in the Montreal Gazette, uh, an op-ed this week, um, you certainly have a, uh, a position on this. Um, why, why this week, Richard? Why, why the decision to go public with your opinion piece this week? Well, I just I think it's a, a, a point of view that has not really been out there in front of uh, a the public and in even possibly the uh, NHL itself. So uh, I think. One of the dangers in, in these things is if, if people with differing views uh, don't speak up, uh, the the other side never gets heard. Um, we asked Mr. Melnick this question from an owner's perspective. We'll ask you to the extent that uh, you can comment on it from uh, the perspective of the Olympic movement. Uh, is this done? The NHL is not going to the Olympics. Is there any path that can be navigated here where these hard lines may be broken and the IOC and the NHL will go back to the table? Any possibility whatsoever that you can envision? I, I think it's a matter of, uh, of people saying, look, there, there are bigger issues here uh, than simply uh, whether the uh, NHL uh, wants more money. I think there's a responsibility for a league of that uh, stature to, to do... Uh, whatever is necessary to grow the game on a, on a global basis, and uh, this is um, you know this is probably simply because Korea is a small market. You can you can see that they're actively drooling over the possibility of um, getting in for in, into the Chinese market uh, for uh, 2022. So this is is kind of a one-off thing. Uh, they'll be willing to do whatever is necessary to get into China, but. Uh, Korea, small small town in Korea, it, it seems to be of no current interest to them financially. What do you think uh, would uh, bring them back to the table? Uh, to what to offer the NHL? I, I I would say the the, the sort of the two main points that I raised that that uh, there's kind of a well, in modern parlance it's kind of a corporate social responsibility to grow the game to. Uh, to be responsive to uh, the fan base, 
the global fan base to be responsible to their players who who actually or at least those of them that want to play um i think it's bad business for the for a league like the nhl to say no you may not play we will not permit it um, but i think i, I think uh, owners could find a way i mean you know even if it's a you say, all right. Well, listen. On each team, pick a number. Uh, you know, we, we'll let three of our players uh, play if they wish to play for their countries. Uh, Richard, I don't know how intimately involved you were with the negotiations with the NHL. I do, I do know that uh, you know when it comes to business matters in the OI, the IOC, you're you're forefront. You're in in the midst of it more than more more so than probably anyone else. Uh, so, to the extent you can comment on this. Um, and you raise the argument, um, and you're sensitive to the issue that the NHL is running a business, and uh, you're a businessman as well, so you, you understand that part of it. Um, there, it seems that what's gone public in the negotiations, and we asked Eugene Melnick this, and in, uh, Eugene Melnick this question, he didn't want to comment on it. Um, this, of course, was a business negotiation between. Various parties, IOC, NHL, Players Association, International Hockey Federation. So I have to assume that if this fell apart, it fell apart at a business level. And there, there were reports that, uh, that the IOC in previous Olympics had paid for uh, the NHL's uh, travel, insurance, and accommodation expenses. And that, uh, that, that Thomas Bach or the IOC pulled that out this time, and that seemed to have rubbed the NHL the wrong way. And of course, there were other issues about using the Olympic logo and marketing and whatever. Um, where did these, if to the extent you're able to comment, where did these business negotiations fall down? Well, interesting enough, I was not involved in any of those negotiations, uh, and so I don't. That's know. probably why they fell down. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think it, 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 all of the issues turn into money. And uh, I think probably, if I had to guess from um, from uh, an IOC perspective, uh, it would have been saying from its own perspective, look, we, we can't uh, get into a, a, a floodgates situation here where, uh, you know, first uh, tennis and then basketball and then hockey and then all these other sports would say, oh, well, if you want us to come, uh, you're going to have to sweeten the pot. Um, and so they would say, you know, this is really a matter for the International Federation to sort out. Uh, and they make a lot of money off uh, Olympic hockey, um, which is, in my view, becoming, you know, as figure skating gets into the blah, blah um, phase of things, uh, it's becoming the number one sport. I want to ask, I want to ask you this, Richard, and... Uh, um if, I, if I'm being overly blunt on this, uh, please forgive me. Isn't the IOC asking the NHL to give something up that no other, no other association has to give up? Uh, and sacrifi- sure sacrificing that, two and a half weeks of their schedule? Um, yeah, every, every four years in yeah. order to reach a, a global audience that's, that's 50, 100 times more than uh, they, what they would get if they carried on. Uh, I, I'm not sure, frankly, that it's the end of the financial world for the uh, NHL. We're talking to Richard Pound. Uh, Richard, uh, um, it's uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, uh, we, uh, as fans, of course, fans, uh, 
to a certain extent, uh, you know, sometimes we get left out of these arguments, but uh, couldn't agree with you more uh, in the sense that it's, uh, it's an opportunity to grow and promote the game. Uh, and there should be some way to find uh, uh, the best players in the world play the best hockey, and it's, it's an absolute shame that it doesn't seem that that's going to come about, and, and that's, uh, that's indeed unfortunate, and that's, that's our particular uh, um, bent on it. And it, while we have uh, the privilege of having you on the show and somebody who's so involved in the Olympic movement, uh, I do want to take the opportunity to ask this question. Um, of course, now we've got the Olympics uh, for the first time ever, two Olympics being awarded at the same time. Of course, we're talking about Paris and L.A., and um, is that a positive result? Uh, how, did, how, did it, how did that particular eventuality come about? Well, I think it's a positive result in the circumstances. I'm not sure I'd want to make a, a, a regular practice of it, but you know, when you get two really good cities, two really good countries, uh, both with, with uh, excellent bids, um, it's hard to say, uh, yeah, sorry, one of you is, is uh, going to win and the other will have to start all over again. And so we've we've had uh, we've clearly got to do something about the way we select uh, host cities because what happens is we sort of sit and wait and see what comes in over the transom, and and sometimes the the bids are they're they're good and they're well meaning and and so on but they haven't been thought out in the sense of well all right if we get this uh, there there will be some investment required uh, some cost uh, in, in in some models unlike L A it'll be public money. Uh, and they haven't sort of crossed off those uh, those boxes, and uh, at the end they end up uh, having to pull a bid, and, and that doesn't reflect badly on them for having failed to consider all of the issues. It, it gets blamed on the Olympics as being too expensive and so forth. So that's that's not a it's not right, and b it's not good to have that perception out there. So this will give us a chance to to look at that process and, and tweak it a bit. Uh, you know, maybe what we should be doing is saying, we, the Olympics, should say, where, where would it be good for the Olympics uh, for us to be next, with the next games? And go and see if, if uh, we can't sort of encourage uh, somebody to bid and say, look, uh, this, is, this is what you have to do. Um, but if you're ready to do that, uh, we can probably uh, make sure that uh, that's where the games end up. Richard, did you watch the 100-meter final yesterday? <laughs> I did. I you did. did. And uh, what's your opinion of a two-time drug offender taking over the championship? Well, it, it's not my preference, but, I mean, the sport's a, an activity that's governed by certain rules, and, and uh, he broke some of those rules. He paid the price. Uh, but, you know, once you've, you've done the time... Uh, you're entitled to come back, and then maybe this will be a, a, a lesson for him as well as for everybody else. I thought, you know, I think like nine out of ten people in the world, I was kind of hoping that Bolt would, would go out, but I think this was a bridge too far, and he probably should have relied on his own good sense, which is to say, hey, after, after Rio, three Olympic uh, gold medals, this is the time to go and, and, and not get talked into another season by... His sponsors. Anyways, we've been talking to uh, Richard Pound. Uh, Richard, uh, we're going to let you go. Uh, we thank you so much for taking the time for us, and um, keep up the good fight, my friend. Thank you so thank much. You. Right. We Bye-bye. appreciate it. Thank you.
That, of course, was uh, Richard Pound. Great question, Ness. Great question. Uh, yeah, I was surprised the way he answered it. That was pretty yeah, good. Um, and uh, that's, you know, going back to the uh, Usain Bolt's run yesterday, it was interesting uh, um, when they announced uh, Gatlin's name, <laughs> the crowd booed. And then when he won, the crowd booed. <laughs> so, you know what? Um, and uh, with, with the greatest respect for Mr. Pound, uh, who says, uh, he, you know, he's, he's, paid, uh, he's paid the price for his violations, the 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 fans haven't uh, forgiven them, and uh, they don't well, can, like you know, they don't they're not they're not uh, you know they were paying homage to Usain Bolt. They weren't uh, they weren't uh, they weren't cheering uh, Gatlin's victory, and that was pretty obvious from the fans. So the fans have voted how they feel. He didn't look in shape though, Bolt. He didn't look the same at all. Um, yeah, you know it's uh, you, you can know, really tell the difference. He he didn't have that. Um, uh, you know, first of all, he didn't come out of the. Didn't come out of the blocks all that well, or, or, or you know, throughout the whole, uh, throughout the whole uh, championship, um, and he just didn't have that gear uh, that he's always had in the past. Yeah. Where he just, you know, what you just knew. Every other single race I've ever seen you seen Usain Bolt run, he always there was a point in that race where, you know, he just blew by people, and that just wasn't there yesterday. And you know, and. Uh, my guess is retirement is as a result of uh, coming to the acceptance, as all athletes have to do at some point in time, to say that the skills are diminishing, and um, and that's uh, that's that's happened to Usain Bolt, and and really unfortunate for Andre de de de, de, de Grasse, the Canadian, who. Uh, you know what? If he hadn't have gotten injured, uh, he would have had a good shot at this one. He would have had a really good shot, and unfortunately, a hamstring injury uh, uh, sort of prevented him from that. And um, opportunity missed due to an injury, unfortunate. And uh, uh, Usain Bolt, no question, the greatest trap, probably the greatest, uh, greatest sprinter of all time, without question. Uh, perhaps, and in in the conversation of one of the greatest athletes of all time. And perhaps the greatest track and field athlete of all time. Certainly those discussions will begin. And we're going to chat a little bit about it after the break. But it's time for our second break and we'll be back shortly. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language, no matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636 or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto uh, talking about the NHL going to the Olympics, and we've had a chat with Eugene Melnick. We've had a chat with Richard Pound, and uh, boys, Naz, Lou. What's the consensus in studio? Uh, you said you didn't care, Lou. I, I really don't care because it's you know the players. If they really wanted to go, all they have to do is say, "Listen, I'm I'm going." I'll forfeit you can't my... just just can't just pick, you know you, you you've you know Luke come on you've you've been an NHL well, player okay. you've been yes. under contract you yes. understand the legal ramifications of a contract that's a breach of a contract so okay you can do that don't look at me because I I don't I don't have the <laughs> okay. I don't have the clout to do that and again this is this is the only player that has has gone on record and I think a few of the players have also uh, followed him. Alex Ovechkin has told Leonis and the Washington Capitals organization, "I am going at all cost." Now it's going to be, I, up, and I believe him. And it's going to be, up going. To the, it's going to be up to the Capitals now and Leonis on whether it's not going to be the National Hockey League. It's going to be up to them on what they do when it happens. If, if they if suspend it, them, they can you can uh, take the salary off of them. Oh, well, you don't have to pay him. You're right. You don't have to pay him, but you don't even have to you're, take you're, him you're back. You have to suspend them. No, no, you're not going to take him back and go wherever, no, you're, wherever you, he wants. You, they will. I mean, let's be realistic here. And you go to the situation with, uh, with, uh, with Eugene, with the Ottawa Senators, and with and with Eric Carlson. Uh, Eric Carlson says, "I'm going to Olympics." With the greatest respect for Mr. Melnick, I don't know. I don't know what he can do about it, other than not pay him. Um. Um. Now, Hockey Canada will end up with a dilemma on its hands uh, in the sense that are they going to take players and put them with a Canadian sweater on them knowing the relation? And this is, a, this is an issue for Hockey Canada and, and U.S. hockey, okay? They have relationships with the NHL. They use the NHL's players from time to time. Are they going to use NHL players? Are they going to slap a Maple Leaf on Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid against the wishes of the NHL 
And with the ramifications that will result from that, that's an interesting question. They won't do it. No, no, no. I, I, I would suspect. What's to stop the Russians or the Czechs? The Russians the will do it because well, the Russians, they're, they're completely. Because they, they have they're, a different they're gonna perspective. Go, right? yeah, they're they're going to go. go. Eugene said it himself. But he, here's another thing, guys. How are the players going to take Alex going over? Especially if the team goes into the tank and doesn't make the playoffs, and Alex somehow gets hurt. Yeah, that might be a blessing. They might win the cup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many issues. I'm kidding, insurance I'm kidding. issues. Yeah. Okay. Who's going to pay the insurance? Well, the players are going to have to arrange their own insurance. Okay. okay. For what? For for what period of time? For the period of time that they're injured, or for the period of time that they're going? Well, they're going to have to insure their contracts, or and, and whatever what happens, that means. And what happens if he gets? They got uh, they got to pay their own way over there. They yeah. got to pay their own accommodations. They're going to take a haircut on their salaries. Um, like I said, this is this issue is going to heat up. What happens? if It's he has going a to injury? heat up. <laughs> what happened when Tavares got injured? Well, you're right. Right. The, what the Islanders took a bath. Right. But. Um, you know, I just I'm you know I'm sort of thinking off the top of my head right now, and I I just can't see hockey can, hockey Canada will not take NHL players against against the uh, wishes of the NHL or or will will not participate in an NHL player breaching his contract. Yeah, the I other can't country, see Canada it. and U.S. are you're right, they're in the same situation. They won't. They, they won't will not participate in the but, breach of a contract. But but the other nations will. And well, we know Russia about. will. Sweden, Finland. The minor nations, who knows? But the I mean, the real interesting ones are, you know, the the ones where I think they're they're that might sit on the fence on this would be Sweden and Finland and maybe the Czech Republic and, I mean, those are the, those are the cream of the crop in terms of international hockey. You know what uh, Dick Pound said, and it was interesting that they would only let's negotiate and they would only allow three players from each team to go that are playing in the NHL. What's the difference, really? What's the difference between the way it is now and that? Yeah, I but mean, which three players? Yeah, which exactly? Which three well, players? Which three are, they are they Russians? Okay, you're not giving us our top tier players, <laughs> but we're going to give you our five through ten. You know, it, it's it's just a. That's why I don't care what happens here. If they go, they go. If yeah. they don't, do you remember? Well, yeah, Calgary, you know what? The, the reality is with, with the, with the greatest Calgary, respect. Calgary Olympics. Remember, yes. they, they sent Poplinski. They sent Poplinski. But it was Calgary because it was a because lo- the, the Olympics were in Calgary. Yeah. And we used to have a history of in in 1960 the Montreal Canadiens sent Bobby Russo. That in fact that was the one they were thinking. Of, the Leafs were thinking of yeah. sending Dave Keon. And they were going to send Dave Keon to the 60 Olympics, but they chose to send Montreal's Bob Russo. So yeah. in, through the 60s and 70s, they always used to send, uh, you know, one guy. But going back to the issue of whether there's a mass exodus, that's the issue. And, 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 and I think the issue is with the greatest respect for Mr. Pound, who I have the, the utmost respect for, because he's been fighting the fight against doping in sport like nobody else. So I have the highest respect for, for, for Mr. Pound. I just got the sense that this negotiation was everybody wanted something from the NHL owners, right? They took away their, you know, the and $20 million, you know, I can't believe the IOC took $20 million away in travel costs and insurance and accommodations. I mean, they, they you know, they complained about the NHL owners being multi-billionaires. What is the IOC? Like, look, like you know, it's not not some it's not a corner grocery store. The IOC is a multi multi billion dollar organization. Okay, so you know they couldn't find twenty million dollars to give to you know to you know it's a negotiation. You can't just ask somebody to give you everything and you throw nothing in return. 
and the players' association. Every single player in the players, uh, we we want to go, we want to go, we want to go. But I heard they don't have the right under the collective bargaining agreement. They didn't bargain for it. I okay? hear I hear Donald Fears' uh, position with the association is in deep jeopardy because of this because they didn't negotiate this back in the collective hey, uh, bargaining agreement. And they say it's and, an oversight. You know, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, he's he's gone. He's uh, going to be out of there. You know who's well, going to pay for this? I think the fans are the ones that are paying. Oh, of course for, the for fans are going to. We weren't at the negotiating be, yeah, because table. Because we, we want to see the Anyways. best possible hockey at the Olympics. We're not going to get We're that. not going to get and We're uh, not going to get Unfortunately, that. getting uh, my producer, our producer is buzzing in my ear that we've got to get off the air or he's going to cut us off the air. So with we the greatest another, respect. We need another hour for uh, the show. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Anyways, to all our listeners, have a fantastic week. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Thank you. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.